just realized I don't know what I'm going to say. Uh, well, you start off saying, hi, welcome to the podcast. Yeah, it's just that like, hey, bada bing, bada just boom. just like, hey, podcast I'm on a train to Albany. Time. They do and talk then, about going to Albany in this movie. They do. What movie would that be, Jeff? Maybe we should introduce the podcast. We haven't started yet. <laughs> yeah, we haven't started, Nina. Put your podcast Ew. voice away. <laughs> yeah, don't talk into the mic. <laughs> to the casual obsession horror movie podcast the horror movie podcast where we talk about horror movies because we are of course hosting a horror movie podcast we are horror movie podcast hosts hosting a horror really movie wordy. podcast what is this? on which we talk about horror movies the this horror what... movie in question on this particular episode is the black coat's daughter written and directed by oz perkins i am your host jeff and avid listeners of the show will recognize a few of my co-hosts <laughs> oh my <God>. that <laughs> was impressive was that one breath? I don't think so. <laughs> I didn't notice you breathing, but the experience I mean, felt like it had no break. I would have like dropped a beat if you had say. asked me. Um, <laughs> hi, I'm Emma. It's me, your girl. I'm Noah. And I'm Nina. Aha. So, so Jeff, Jeffrey, uh, what what's this movie? <laughs> Because I certainly didn't watch it. Jeff looks so offended when you said his full name. <laughs> I do hate that. I, I always forget that, that that's what Jeff is short for until someone says it. Fun fact, Jeff's name, though he goes by J-E-F-F, his name is spelled with a G. Why would you say that? Wait, is oh, it actually? No. no. Why would oh you my say God, that? Jeff. Why would you spread these lies about me? <laughs> I've, I, I, I will get out to the internet. Now people are I gonna see think you it's true. completely differently now, Jeff. You shouldn't. It's a lie. Wow. Incredible. <laughs> I would lose respect for you. No offense if any of our listeners have their names spelled that way, but Jeff, if your oh, name was spelled that way, offense. I would lose respect for you. Full offense to any of our listeners who spell their names that way. It's just wrong. You shouldn't do that. You know, I don't um, think most of them had a choice. We all My name is Emma, but uh, it's actually spelled with a G. Guma? No, it's a silent G, stupid. Oh, like M. <laughs> <laughs> it's in between the two M's, Jeff. Oh, okay, okay. M. Guma. <laughs> it's silent. You don't have to pronounce it. <laughs> in any case... The tone's very light from the movie that we're discussing today, honestly. Yeah. We I mean, gotta get some jokes in. I don't know, it's a fun enough Oof. movie. Yeah, it's real fun. Yeah. So, The Black Coat's Daughter, written and directed by Oz Perkins, whom you may recognize from, as an actor from such movies as Psycho 2, Legally Blonde, Star Trek 2009. Uh, oh, yes. Yeah, um, this is the first movie that he ever wrote and directed, actually, though it received its widespread release after his second movie, which is titled I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House. Um, this movie was, uh, what, it debuted at 
debuted, premiered, whatever the right word is, at Toronto International Film Festival in 2015, but it didn't get um, full, like, you know, widespread distribution or a regular theatrical release until it was acquired by A24 in early 2017. When it hit the film festival, it was under the title February. Mm. And then when A24 acquired the distribution rights, they asked him to change the name to something that would be a little bit more indicative of the subgenre so that viewers would know what they were getting into more. And they, according to Oz, they uh, tossed him a couple of title ideas that he really, really didn't like. So then he pulled the Black Coat's daughter from the music that is in the beginning and the end of the movie. Mm -hmm. I think that affects the way that you watch the movie a little bit, knowing that. Uh, but I think if we it can... had been called February, I would have maybe gone into it with a blanker slate and would have experienced the movie more purely rather than yeah. expecting the whole title to come into it at any point. Yeah, I think it definitely affects the read of the movie, but we can get more into that when we get into Spoiler Town. Yeah. Spoiler Town. I mean, I literally just sat here the past 30 seconds trying to think of why the fuck it would be called February. Um, only to realize that the movie did in fact take place in February. Indeed and that's did. really the, the only I believe. the only reason. Um yeah. and so I don't love February as a title for this movie. Um it's, it's not perfect, certainly. And that's perfect. I mean, you know, A twenty four agrees with you there, so <laughs> Yeah. Um So who's winning really? Um, so what, non-spoiler synopsis? Yes. Yeah, um, sounds about it. This movie is about a couple of Catholic school students whose parents don't pick them up um, to take them home for a break, and they have to stick around at the school for a little while until their parents can be contacted to come and get them, and then some stuff happens. That's when the goblins attack. It, the goblins attack. Emma, spoilers, it's a spoiler-free review. Oh, God, we can't talk I'm so about sorry. Uh, <laughs> I was just really excited to talk about the goblins being black coat. Um, <laughs> they all wear coats. They all wear black coats. And that was a kind twist of, I wasn't expecting. And it's bring your daughter they to have, work day. And <laughs> bring, they, have, they bring their daughters. It's really like cute, but also creepy. <laughs> Um, There's a typo in the title. It's supposed to be the Black Coats' daughters, all yeah. plural. <laughs> yeah, it's actually pl that's kind of where the surprise comes in is that it's actually plural. Calling it February just makes no sense at all when you start mm -hmm. to think about the goblins. Yeah, once the goblins come in, you're like, why was this called February? Although the Black <laughs> Coats' daughter is is a little on the nose at that point. You, you start to think, yeah. Hmm. When, like, the really? head goblin shows up and he's like, look at how black my coat is, and this is my daughter. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was it was crazy, because, like, I wasn't expecting it to be the black coat's mom, like, the whole time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, black coat's daughter's mom came in there, and I'm just like, No, hmm. no, see, you know that joke where it's like, oh, the doctor was a woman, so that's why she could be operating on her own, like, her own son. Yeah. You know that that joke? Mm -hmm. The black it's coat. It's a riddle, but yes. It was the mom the whole time. The black coat because was the Because the black mom? coat was the mom. Black well, coat's the daughter. The goblin married his own coat? Now that, you know, I forgot that part of the movie. I'm not going to I'm not going to lie to you. It felt like a tag I didn't on remember twist that at all. To me. Yeah. 
So how was how was this received? Did people like it? No. Did Rotten Tomatoes <laughs> enjoy it? It only Rotten made a, did. a little over thirty thousand dollars at the box office. It's mm-hmm. not a lot. It's it's not a ton. It's what I make in a year roundabouts, but uh, not a ton yeah, of money. It, no. <laughs> it got poor. Well middling to poor reviews across the board i don't think it deserves the 5.9 it has on imdb jeez i think that's criminal no i think rotten tomatoes giving it a 73 is very fair i think okay. metacritic 68 is a little low that's a bit low letterbox is giving it a 3.3 so that's like a 66 um jeez you know that the tolerable zone for me but sure at there's something about that 5.9 that really sticks me. It's just that's not yeah. right at all. No, I feel like IMDb always like the rating is always a lot lower than I expect it to be for movies. Mm-hmm. And I got to be honest, I'm going to guess that this movie might be getting poor reviews because of its connection to A24. You think a so? lot of people hate A24. Okay. Is A24 like a problematic? No, but a lot of people don't enjoy the fact that every single A24 movie follows almost the exact same progression. Oh. Wait. Which is strange because this is not actually an A24 movie. They just acquired yep. the distribution rights but, afterward. Well, they picked up a movie that fits their their mold. Does it fit their mold? I've never watched an A24 movie. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought Midsummer and Hereditary were A24 they movies. They are. I guess that makes sense. It does have the same vibes. Mm-hmm. But... It, it's the same vibe of dark things happening slow. A24's like thing is Oscar bait slow burn. Not just horror. Like all their movies are Oscar bait slow burns. Hmm. And a lot of people don't like that. See, I um, do like the slow burn aspect. That's mm-hmm. one of my favorite things about this particular movie. Some people who are big A24 fans end up getting up their own ass a lot about um, jump scares and act like movies that have jump scares in them are inherently less valuable than the slow burn A24 movies. There's a... Well, that's very context dependent, but all right. Yeah, that's that's the problem. I don't like like there are some people relies on jump scares, but... Mm -hmm. Neither do I. Having them in it, that's not a death sentence. No, not at all. I saw yeah, one A24 movie before we started this podcast in theaters. Oh. Um, it was it the comes at night. It? Did you guys oh. see that one? I have not watched Don't that one. I think I remember that one. You've seen another A24 out of theaters. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I said before we started doing the podcast. But um, it comes at night. Wouldn't recommend. <laughs> okay. Um, there's just like not really any payoff. Oh, that sucks. Anyway, back to the subject. Um, what are we on ratings now? Yeah, sure. Okay. We've talked about critics ratings. Uh, they didn't like it, but. But you did, didn't you? I really do. I think this is like a 9.5 for me. Mm, I, okay. I like almost everything about it. So it's a high score. All right. I'm, I'm a huge fan. Yeah, I... I... Oh, go ahead, Emma. No, I want you to go, Noah. Okay. I give this an 8 out of 10. I couldn't tell you right now what I don't like about it, but I know it's just not quite there to hit, an, to hit a, uh, a 9. Mm. 
Okay. So I'm sitting happy on an eight. Um, I, I liked it a lot. Uh, it's definitely a slow movie. Um, takes a while to kind of like pick up, but I like that in movies a lot of the time. Um, I'm going to give it a 9.5 like my friend Jeff here. All right. Um, and well, it doesn't hurt that some of my favorite actresses are in it. Uh, um, yeah. They all do so well. Yeah. They all do such a good job. So there's Emma Roberts, whom I love. Um, For obvious reasons. Kiernan Shipka. Yeah. Who mm-hmm. um, plays Sabrina in, in Sabrina, um, yeah. the Netflix Sabrina show. But also plays uh, Janora in Legend of Korra, which mm-hmm. is where I like first I knew her from. Yeah. Neat. And she absolutely kills it in this movie. She does a great job in she this movie. So well. yeah. She's very creepy. Um, and then I didn't recognize the girl who played Rose, Lucy Boynton. Yeah. But she was an apostle. Yeah. Wait, what? I saw mm-hmm. that today. She yeah. was Andrea in Apostle. She was yeah, the she Malcolm's daughter different. or whatever. The hair color is very different. Yeah. Would not have been able to make it that connection whatsoever. Right? Yeah. It was a big surprise when I was like looking this up. But yeah, um, I had no idea. That's really neat. Also, though. you get three or four years in between those two. So, yeah. so there is that. Yeah. But yeah, it's a good cast. Great cast. Yeah. It is. Yeah. Um, they all do a really small good cast. Job. And they and all I really do great. liked it. Yeah. Small cast stuck mm-hmm. in a small place. A lot of isolation. We do have two very small cast movies in a row. And I actually really like that. Yeah. Nina, um, what did you think of this movie? Uh, I really, really liked this movie. There are some things that I think I would have liked to have seen done better personally, and I can get into that later. Sure. Uh, but I'd give it an eight out of 10. Okay. I really enjoyed it. So the general tone, we all like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. We all like that it a lot more than IMDb did for whatever reason. A lot more. <laughs> and looking at IMDb, IMDb gave It Came in the Night or it comes at night a higher rating than this movie. And I thoroughly disagree. Okay. But it's whatever. I tend to find that yeah. I just don't agree very much with IMDb ratings. Like, I don't agree well, with critics ratings a lot. Yeah. It's yeah, it kind of feels like critics don't know how to watch movies sometimes. I mean the IMDb ratings, those are all like user submitted. Are they? So Jeez. like oh yeah. And that's the issue with IMDb is a lot of movies get the uh, the nostalgia bump mm-hmm. if they're older. Yeah. So older movies that aren't necessarily as good, but if people are on like a reviewing spree and they happen to find an older movie they haven't seen in a while, but like they remembered liking it a lot yeah. ages ago, mm-hmm. they're going to give that, oh, I'll give that an eight, I'll give that a nine, you know, something like that right off the bat. Whereas if like you get out of watching um, the next Blumhouse movie, <laughs> That, and you're just like, wow, that wasn't that great. I'm going to give it an honest six because it was it deserves a six. And the, that's why a lot of newer movies that aren't like big blockbuster like franchises tend to trend very low on IMDb. Huh. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. I just never would have thought of it that way. Yeah. Yep. Huh. Nina, did you give it an actual score? She yeah, did. eight. Eight. OK, my brain's not working. Yeah. No, that's right, super, so, valid. super fair. Uh, scary rating and uh, trigger warnings. 
Well, trigger warnings goes first. Oh, does it? It's okay. true. Yeah. Got to get the order right. I feel like we changed we've, the order. We've been, <laughs> we don't. <laughs> we don't because I protect the order. Oh, okay. We got to know how scary it is when we get into the spoiler review. Yeah. If we know how scary it is, then we talk about the trigger warnings. It loses the effect of how scary the movie is. Does it? Yeah. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so trigger warnings. So, so trigger warnings. Uh, possession. This is uh, this is a uh, haunting and possession subgenre movie. Um, mm -hmm. So if that stuff bothers you, you know, Satan worship, that kind of thing. Um, maybe you won't like this so much. Mm -hmm. uh, Satan worship. Wait. Did we watch the same movie? They worship oh, goblins the in my goblins, movie. Didn't you? <laughs> <laughs> the unnamed goblin that everyone seemed to be like really cool with, that was Satan. That was Satan. Oh, yeah. okay. I get yeah, it. Yeah, he'd enter a room and everybody's just like, my dude. And then <laughs> it's Pops not really a cold one in the movie. They don't talk about yeah. why that is, but it's because he's Satan. You have to got watch it, the anime for it. the extra context. <laughs> the <anime>. mm. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so possession, Satan worship. Um, a, a standard amount of blood and violence. Um, yeah. The violence mm. itself kind of flinches away from showing you most of it, so that's not yeah. a huge concern. Yeah. Um, pregnancy scare. Mm -hmm. Yep. The most terrifying of all. Um, that's about it. That's pretty much it. Yeah. 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 So. So Emma, how scary is this movie? Thank you for asking, my dear friend Jeffrey. Yeah. <laughs> um. <laughs> you know, this is gonna be slightly spoilery, um, for me to talk about my scary rating because okay. a lot of the scares happen later in the movie. Um. This movie is pretty scary but then you learn that it was about friendship all along um and <laughs> you really do you do and so um like it's a very kind of like slow burn scary it's not like jump at your face scary it's more like a creepy tone. Like Except the for when that time. goblin jumps right at your face. Except that is. like because this was released as a 3D movie. So they like had to get like the 3D in your face shot. And they got that with a goblin jumping at you uh, with a cracked open cold one. Um, for the boys. And that, for the boys. <laughs> and that was scary. But other than that, like I only jumped one time and it was for the dumbest thing. <laughs> It was like a camera switch and a character opened a door and I jumped oh. for some reason. Yo, I think I jumped at that too. Yeah. Really? Oh, he definitely when? did. He did. He, 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 you did. It and was you somewhere were... near the when end of the movie, movie right? Yeah, I don't was know like why. Was it leaving the bathroom? Yeah, I think it was. Yeah, that, I jumped at that too. I don't know I don't why. Know, I don't well, know why. The actual scary stuff starts happening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're like pre-scared when things actually occur? <laughs> yeah, no, I remember when that was. Uh, yeah, because I was just like, I can't I, believe I just jumped at that. That was so dumb. Yeah. And then actual violence happens almost immediately after. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm like, it's a spoiler. Yes. Some bathroom doors get opened, and it's apparently scary. That's very scary. <laughs> ten out of ten. So how does, bathroom door say. is very scary. <laughs> um, 
I was going to say, how does that affect your score? But now we know. 10 out of 10. 10 out yeah. of 10. So now uh, going into the spoilery zone, um, I feel like before we get to the spoilery synopsis, it's important to tell you all there aren't actually goblins in this movie. Thank you for your um, honesty, Emma. If you yeah, paused the just... podcast to watch the movie and you're angry that it didn't actually have any goblins in it, sorry. Yeah, just blame me. Um, and I <laughs> got <Gotcha>, you, suckers. Fucking <laughs> 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 pranked. <laughs> um, but yeah, Jeff, how about that spoiler synopsis? The spoiler synopsis. It's time for that. I really hope I can do well with this. I was planning I believe to rehearse in you. this before we did this, but then uh, then I didn't. Um, ultimately, this is a movie about loneliness. This is about two girls at a school who feel as though they are just completely alone in the world, you know, and one of them is handling it a little bit worse than the other, maybe. Um, but, uh, ultimately the, the story of this movie is, uh, it's, it's not told in chronological order. But I am going to relay the plot in chronological order here. There's a lot of time jumping around, and you don't really figure it out until partway through the movie. But um, So basically what's going on is uh, we got two girls at this school, Rose and Kat, and unbeknownst to anyone at the beginning of the movie, uh, Kat's parents have recently died in a car wreck. So they don't come to pick her up for the beginning of the winter break. Rose, on the other hand, deliberately lied to her parents and told them the wrong day to come get her so that she could have some extra time with her secret boyfriend so that she could break up with him and go get an abortion for the, the pregnancy that she thinks she has. Um, uh, as the administration of the school is attempting to deal with this situation, uh, Kat is in the midst of getting herself possessed by Satan um, as a means of coping with the, the loneliness of her life, more or less. And she kills uh, everybody who's still in <laughs> the school at the time. This is after all the students have left, of course, but she... Uh, um, yeah, so she kills Rose, gets arrested, put into a psychological institution for nine years, and, um, has an exorcism performed on her by a priest to remove Satan from her body, which she is very unhappy about. She asks him not to leave, and then he does, because the priest made him leave, because the priest is just a dick. Um... So then nine years later, she kills a nurse, gets out of the institution that she was locked in, and starts traveling back to the school so that she can get back to that boiler room where she used to worship Satan and uh, attempt to commune with him once again. On the way, she meets Rose's parents, who are on their way to leave flowers on their daughter's grave, and as she, when she realizes who they are, she murders the both of them, um, goes back to the school, and thinks that she can finally be reunited with her, uh, her Satan pal, and it doesn't work. And she walks out into the road and cries, and that is where the movie ends. Yep. That was a good summary. It was mm -hmm. not, I would, but I, would have a, I appreciate you I saying think so. <laughs> bullshit, that was a great summary. It was. But 
Where did the bathroom come in? You did, yeah, you did leave out the bathroom. In the place where bathrooms often come in in real life, you know, when people are using them, uh, taking dumps, showers, etc. Yeah. No one took a dump in this movie, Jeff. Don't lie. What's that? Um, People peed. Oh, some people peed. no one took a dump. Some people peed. There is, uh... People took showers. People took, mm-hmm. Yeah, people I took mentioned showers. the showers. Uh, one bath is taken at one point. Yeah. Oh, someone took a bath. The too. holy trinity yeah. of bathroom experiences. Peas, <laughs> showers, and baths. What about um, the unholy singular? We don't like to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, we don't oh, talk okay. about that one. <laughs> I was about to ask, but thanks for telling me so I wouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Don't ask. Don't ask. Um, we have a firm don't ask, don't tell policy about that one. Don't ask about and don't tell about Don't talk about it! We just asked you not to. Oh my god. Jeff, jeez. We'll have to cut that so people don't have to hear me saying that awful word. Um, the only thing I would add is that, yeah, if we could bleep that, that'd be great. Um, the only thing that I would add is that we find out that Rose wasn't actually pregnant. We do find out that Rose wasn't actually yes, pregnant. Yes, we do. Yeah. I neglected to mention that. Directly yeah. before she gets stabbed, which I think is important to mention as well. It's literally the like seconds before she gets stabbed. And that's yeah. also when she opened the door and scared me and Emma. Yeah. yeah. Yes. The scariest part of the movie, the door opened <laughs> right before the stabbing. Yeah. yeah, you guys know exactly where to expect it, so you will not be scared the way that we were. You probably still will. You probably Every time Jeff, that there's a scene case, where somebody's in a bathroom, I wasn't even they're going to be no watching like, scared. oh no, is this the one? Is this where they open the door? <laughs> there's several bathroom scenes in this movie. There's so. a lot of bathroom scenes in this movie. Yeah. They only had three set locations. Bathroom. Hallway. And nun's house. <laughs> yeah, you're last, not wrong. a couple of bedrooms and stuff, but like. Yeah. In yeah, the nun's house. That, yeah. That's neither here nor there. Um, Nina, I know you have some thoughts. Oh, yeah, some... Okay, so I have a couple little bitty things to get out of the way that I didn't like about this movie before we get into the things that I really did like. Okay, um, and I think I have answers to these. Okay. On a scale of Apostle, which I think used pregnancy as a subplot very well because it meshed incredibly well with everything else that was happening in that movie doubly to, interesting knowing it was the same actress now yes yeah it, it was it, well, it no, was a different character but but yeah different characters but uh and then to age of ultron which is the worst possible use of pregnancy or and or anything to do with pregnancy as a Wait. subplot there was was a somebody pregnant in Age, Age of Ultron? No, no. I saw it once on a plane, but I don't think that Black was Black Widow there. goes off on this whole speech about how she's a monster because she can't have kids. Oh, okay. Oh, the Joss Whedon problem. I got you. The Joss yeah. Whedon. Um, so on a scale of Apostle, which I think out of the uses of that subplot I've seen is the best, and Age of Ultron, this movie is squarely in the middle where I can see how the pregnancy subplot plays into the reason that Rose wants to stay, the reason that she like is still there, and the reason that she leaves when Kat is most vulnerable. I still don't love it. I usually don't and probably never will. And um, okay. another reason that I don't is because this is another movie that uh, this guy did, uh, Oz Perkins did, was Gretel and Hansel. Right. And one thing that I heard a lot about that movie 
is that a young woman's puberty is a big affecting part of her character plot. And to me, the reason that this bugs me is more a totally like personal, arbitrary vendetta I have against men who use women's reproductive like cycle as a subplot of their story. And the fact that he's done this twice rubs me the wrong way. That's fair. Mm. That's that. Now I still that's all I got to say about that one. I do want to watch that movie before passing judgment on it, but I I will agree with you that does not look great. I think I can I might be able to move this one a little bit further over to the good side of that spectrum though. Okay. Do it do right you, now. Is that is that your your big problem? Um, that's my biggest problem because I just I feel like it takes away from like the time. It's not a very long movie, and I I think there's a couple like character motivations or plot clarifications that I wish would have been a little bit clearer or a little more fleshed out. Oh, but that's okay. that's that's about it. And it's all very minor stuff. I love this movie overall. Right. Okay. I just I want you to get the chance to talk about all your problems before I start trying to convince you of how wrong your opinion is. <laughs> no, it really is just that um, overall, I love this movie. I wish there had been more of the parts I did like and less of the parts I didn't like. That's the whole thing. Of course. All right. All right. So now, <clears throat> as a man, let me tell you why your stance on women's reproductive rights is wrong. <laughs> uh, Thank you so much. Because <laughs> I know you're dying to hear my opinion. <laughs> I, I actually am because I oh, this is what I was telling Emma that I overheard you guys talking about. And I was like, I can't wait to hear Jeff mansplain this to me. Okay, so I actually didn't want to talk to Noah about this uh, yesterday when we were talking. And you, you so, didn't really. You just brought so it I up. So I didn't go didn't, into it. Um, okay, didn't. so I think Rose's pregnancy scare is actually really important to the characterization of how we see both Kat and Rose. Just because... Um, as we look at them and they're like, you know, they're, they're loneliness problems because that is the centerpiece of the movie is just the loneliness of these two girls who are, you know, just stuck in this school away from anything that they care about. Um, more or less, they're kind of shown to us as being extremely similar characters and in really similar situations, except for, like... It kind of seems like Rose has and actively chooses to reject everything that Kat lacks and desires. You know, Kat may not know just yet, or maybe she does, because it seems that it was revealed to her in a dream at the beginning of the movie that her parents are dead in a car crash, apparently. It doesn't seem that she has a whole lot of friends. We see, you know, while the other students are around, we see Rose talking to other girls, but we don't see Kat talking to other girls. We see her talking to... A priest which is kind of weird kind of strange for a kid to have the mm. kind of relationship with the priest that she seems to have not that i think anything inappropriate is happening there but like it's weird it's just odd right so from that stuff we all we we get the impression that cat doesn't have uh, a whole lot of friends if any at the school so she you know doesn't have a ton of support around her Whereas Rose has friends. She's got parents who seem to care about her an awful lot. She's got um, a secret boyfriend. And she is choosing to just reject all of this stuff. You know, she's rejecting her parents' affection by lying to them. 
she's rejecting all of the 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 school and all of her parents like Catholicism by having sex out of wedlock and intending to go get an abortion. She's also even rejecting the boyfriend by dumping him. So I think the way that the pregnancy scare like plays into that whole that whole thing helps us to see that a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Is it necessary? Yeah. No, there's other ways to accomplish that. But I, I think the way that it all plays together makes it kind of forgivable. See, I understand that. And that's like what I was like, that's what I understand about that as well, is that that is what it serves the purpose of. Mm -hmm. um, and I get that like. It it's kind. it makes sense to me what you said, and I understand that. But still, because it is something that like something else could have been used in that way and Absolutely. it's an experience that's like and again i if it on its own honestly maybe i wouldn't have as, had as much of a problem with it but it, and and this again is totally out of pocket this man does not necessarily deserve this it's my own intrinsic like reading into a situation based on my knowledge of it but if you've made three three movies and two of them use this kind of thing as a subplot I start to be a little, I start to read more into it and it affected how much I enjoyed the movie. I don't think right. that the subplot was fully unnecessary. Um, and I see how it builds into Ro uh, Rose's character and her like, I had something specific that I was thinking the whole time you were saying <laughs> all that stuff oh, no. and now it's gone. So if I remember it, I'll let you know, but it was okay. going to be something about like, how she has everything that Kat is sort of lacking here. There, there was something in my head where I, where I like had something to say about that, but I don't remember what it is. So okay, maybe I'll tweet about it. So hopefully. follow me on Twitter, and maybe when I figure it out, I'll <laughs> let you know. <laughs> yeah, hopefully that comes back to you because I, I do really want to hear that. Yeah, but other than that, uh, I just think it's a, it's one of those things that like for me is a little close to home. So when I think about it, I'm like, wow, uh, someone really just used something that I consider to be trauma and pushed it as a fun and quirky plot point for a character, uh, which is something that you kind of get in horror movies a lot is like something that could be trauma for someone like I, for re for instance, parents dying. Uh, and right. then you just kind of throw it in and be like, and this is this character's one thing. It's like, oh, OK. But enough about every single anime protagonist. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I um, and can I talk about something that I like now? Go for to it. Kind of segue you can talk about this. whatever you want. Okay, as long as it's related um, to the movie. Something that I really enjoyed about this movie was you said loneliness, but um, one thing that I read that uh, Perkins said about this movie was that it is a Trojan horse. Um, yeah. The horror genre is a Trojan horse for a story about grief. Mm -hmm. Um, and I really like how you can read this as a story about someone who completely allegorically to the whole like possession thing is bad coping mechanisms that she uses to maybe not necessarily literally kill everyone in her life, but to push them away and emotionally damage them until yeah. they're forced to take drastic measures to get her help. But nothing helps ever as much as those initial coping mechanisms do. 
So she try she tries again, and they don't work even as well as they did the first time. Yeah, and you're just suddenly left with that feeling of emptiness. Of I have no way of fixing this, and I have pushed away everyone who even cared even a little bit. Um, mm. and yeah. I really really enjoyed that that uh overarching theme. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, he um, he did say. I think you probably read the the same interview that I read. Because he said that more or less the entire movie is just about getting to that final shot where she's standing in the road and she's got nowhere to go. He said basically it doesn't matter to him how you get there, but that's what the entire thing is about. It was just about getting to that moment. Yeah, and you can feel it because it was super impactful to like you because of the way that we got there. Uh, it's easy to feel what she's feeling and realize like how she has to be thinking of herself in that moment as someone who is literally just like nothing is better about her situation no matter how hard she tried she nothing nothing could could be worse either than where she's at yeah she's just completely devoid of anything good or bad at that point yeah definitely but also it's about the goblin demon <laughs> he has and, big fluffy ears. What's up with that? And her friendship with him and the fact that she killed for him and then he just left. Just well, cuz of some leave. priest. Can't 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 really argue that priest was angry. I, I wouldn't he mess was with an angry, angry priest. Yeah. He was yeah. peeved. Also, I know those are horns, but they looked like big bunny ears and I couldn't they stop did. thinking. They <laughs> kind of reminded me of Donnie Darko. Exactly. Someone lent them the costume from Donnie Darko and they put it in a coat. And they were like, let's not focus the camera on this at any point. <laughs> I'm glad that I, they didn't. Yeah, I really like, if like they that had, that's how they chose to do it. Yeah, if they had like actually shown what it looked like, like in detail, I there i would have just been disappointed and i would have been right. like oh i Me wish too. they kept it as just like a creepy shadow thing mm -hmm. yeah Stronger. Um, i yeah. am almost always disappointed by creature design when we get a full look at them i think the only creature design that i've seen in horror that actually stood up to how i imagined them this is gonna you guys are gonna maybe laugh at me but it was krampus <laughs> like no, this I design holds us it, it, it was mean, so well done crew, the attention honestly. to detail the whole Cranston like, wow. crew, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. They they all they just were looked so good. They were crumping. I I liked that post crump reveal. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So speaking of the angry priest though, yeah. It took me a solid bit to actually get into this movie because of Albany. Yeah, right. And that's, I, I wrote that in my notes. Albany. <laughs> Yeah, he, he mentioned Albany, and I'm like, Albany! He's Gotta riding go. a train to hey, Albany! I'm walking here. And then, this is like, I literally can't take this seriously because of Albany. I hope it doesn't come up again. And I, I shit you not, I wrote about Albany at least six more times in these wow. notes. Wow. Why? So, for the audience who may not understand the reference, like, why don't you explain why, why Albany is so distracting? Like for because we all get it, Jeff. But like for the audience, Jeff, you wanna you wanna feel this one, Mister uh, Albany? <laughs> it's not <The> actually <laughs> funny. <laughs> I should, that that should is the problem. Isn't it? 
Nobody, basically just, nobody's just going to really, actually laugh at this. You just do a really bad New York Italian accent and say, I'm Gabagool in here in Albany. Or, say or I'm walking here New in York Albany. Thing, you know, I'm walking You're doing here. anything We're in, in Albany. Albany. Yeah. I, half the Dietz family jokes, I think it should be said, rely heavily on doing a funny voice and saying the same thing over and over again. And it's hilarious every single time, but you can't get into it too much. Like, but, you can't like, try and explain it. Albany is a popular thing for them to say. Was and that? that's why it's funny and distracting. It's just because Albany is one of your joke words. More yep. or less. <laughs> that's 100% it. It comes from Jackson, actually. It wasn't even ours originally. Jackson, oh, friend of the podcast. Jackson, friend of the Jackson? podcast. Is he a friend of this friend podcast? Of podcast? Uh, he probably has never listened to it. He probably yep, won't. And he probably never will. But he is and I can't really blame him for that. This is not really his thing. He actually told me um, we recorded today and he told me, yeah, I've, ironically enough, I've never listened to a podcast in my life. <laughs> oh. <laughs> How about that? I think that's uh, amazing. A good, I think that's to his benefit, actually, in the way that he functions on that podcast. Mm-hmm. Wait, yeah. I had I had a realization that I, about Rose that I really want to talk about. Okay, okay go for it. Um, it's that uh, her whole thing is that like speaking of loneliness and how they how she is like has everything that Kat wants to have but is still lonely. Yeah. I think the really good a really good part of showing that that seems kind of out of place when you first watch the movie, but when you think of the themes, it makes sense. Is her smiling for her school picture? She looks really happy and fulfilled in that photo, but yeah. her smile fa fades so quickly afterward. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, and I love how that shows like. Cat is hardly ever smiling at all through the movie. She just except for when she's like going through it and then she'll have that like crazy looking smile on her face. But usually she's not. Mm -hmm. um, Rose, on the other hand, is putting on a, pr a happy face, even though they're feeling the same thing. One of them seems to be doing a lot more fine than the other one is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That whole first shot with Rose in it is actually really cool because like just the way that like the music comes up and she walks in through the door and she sits down on the thing and gets the picture taken. Like in the background of that shot, as she walks in, like just to the right of the door up on the wall, there's a crucifix mm -hmm. and standing right below the crucifix. There's another girl leaning against the wall mm -hmm. and maybe this is absolutely nothing, but the way that she is standing she is holding her head in a way that like nobody just leaning against a wall would do it. So I think it's intentional, but she's holding her head and her face in exactly the same way that Jesus always is on a crucifix. Oh, yeah. Yeah. She's like looking down at that angle and she's got like, you know, her eyes closed and that like, you know, that like anguished expression. It looks like deliberate mimicry to me, and I thought that was a really neat touch. Nice. I did not notice that, and I'm a little disappointed now. Okay, this is also very random. Okay, but the priest in this movie reminds his like Father Albany. Father Albany. Uh, I think Brian, it's it, what is it? Brian <laughs> Albany. <laughs> yeah, it's something about his face reminds me of um, mega church pastor uh, Kenneth Copeland. Like, what? don't be mean to him like wow. that. He doesn't look oh, anything like Kenneth Copeland. I disagree <laughs> so of strongly. Yeah, speaking of goblins, Kenneth Copeland. How is he not dead? 
<laughs> he looks like something wearing human skin. <laughs> I'm fairly certain he's a lich, actually. I think he's been dead for like 20 years. He, he was actually looked different in 20 years. His phylactery He was actually black coat the demon in this movie. <laughs> I believe that's that. Why, I fully believe that. That's why they didn't fully show him because they thought it would seem unrealistic. It'd be too scary, right. you know. They'd show it, and people scary. would just. Pass no one out. Unironically, like unironically, if Kenneth Copeland played a demon, I would be terrified. Yeah, his yeah. movement. It would be too believable. It, yeah. You know, you'd Straight be watching up. it and be like, "Is this actually Satan? Because how'd they get him?" <laughs> what was wow, that's what I think movie? every time I see a video of him. Anyway, well, yeah, yeah, no. Pretty much, absolutely. Except when he did us a favor and blew COVID away. That you know, I was grateful for that. Uh, for everyone listening to this, we are now in COVID-free America, thanks to Kenneth Copeland. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. You can go outside now. Don't go outside. <laughs> Don't go outside. I'm begging Don't go you. Outside. So, um, to get back to the movie, one right. thing that I enjoyed was uh, not knowing that there was the time jump. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, because. My initial thing when uh, Joan hit the screen, I was just like, oh my gosh, is this movie really going to make me keep track of two borderline identical blonde girls? This is awful. <laughs> uh, That's how you know because, they got that casting hair and makeup right. It's, yeah, no. Yeah. The casting for uh, Aged Up Cat, very, very, very good. Yeah. Um, also, I am incredibly face blind, so... um. It's you good to know that it was intentional and you're just like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> I thought it was I thought it was um cuz like in the scene before or like a couple scenes before Rose had joked that like oh the sisters are devil worshipers or whatever and there was another girl that came to school came here like 3 years ago that like devil worshiped and then left. See, yeah, that's yeah. what I, I was thinking that first. Been her. But I like the way that it went way more. Oh yeah. Yeah, oh, absolutely. But then, like halfway through the movie, you get the reveal that it's aged up cat. So, which oh, traveling with the girl she murdered's parents. I don't know how I missed this, but I thought Bill and Linda were Bill and Jill, and I was did say actively Jill angry about that. I wrote it down. I'm like, wow, minutes. great writing, Bill and Jill. I don't know where that. I don't came know where from. he got wow. Jill from, but it was That's extremely funny because he we referred we both did because I thought that it was Jill because Noah said it was Jill. So until they said Linda, yeah. But yeah, huh. um, so I actually forgot when Joan picked that knife up in the diner. I'm like, oh, there's cops after her. I guess that is what happened, and I had totally forgotten she had grabbed that knife when she mm -hmm. ends up killing Bill and Linda. Um, yeah, I was the same because I thought she was using it to defend herself because she thought the cop was going to come after her. Mm -hmm. Well, that's why um, she grabbed it originally. But It yeah. did leave me with more questions about what she was up to, though, because I kind of got the idea that she I mean, if she was taking her like bracelet off, then obviously she's like escaped. But she killed a nurse on her way out. I don't know if you caught that's that. A nurse the real, named Joe. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, there was a part of me that just thought that she had left and for some reason they had not taken her bracelet because she was dressed in normal clothes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. So, something Emma said a minute ago brings up a question. Are the sisters 
actually devil worshippers? No. No, absolutely so? no. not. Okay. But consider this. Their hair's real. So that consider means Rose was lying. This. Every time that we see Kat on the phone, she's talking to Satan. Yes. The phone I don't rings. think it's actually Satan. I think it's just a demon, but that's nitpicky. Oh, okay. Go on. It's, we'll call it's him never explicitly stated either way. Let's say Donnie, because it was literally just the rabbit from Donnie Darko. <laughs> Donnie, you are out of your element. That's what the priest should have been saying during the exorcism. He should have been like, you are sure. out of your element, well, Donnie. To, to... You're in the wrong movie. <laughs> you are like a child who wanders into the middle of a movie and wants to know what's going on. <laughs> so to answer, to, to, so what you're, you're trying to say is that it's yeah. Satan on the phone with the nuns as well. I think so, because okay. then, and I think that the original plan was to not kill Rose also, hmm. because of uh, when Kat, what, when, when Rose leaves to dump her boyfriend and then she comes back and Kat's like, well, why did you leave me? And, uh, and Rose is like, <laughs> and then she's like, do you need anything? And Kat says, no, you had your chance. Mm-hmm. And then after the phone call, they tell Rose to go out and shovel the sidewalk. And they say down to the earth twice. Mm -hmm. So obviously they want her to be out there for a while. They want her to be very thorough. And then they lock her out. Yep. I wasn't sure if they locked her out or if Kat locked her out. Yeah. Kat was going to kill her anyway. Why would she lock her out? Because then she'd see the, moment. the sister's bodies. And run. And might be more defensive. Yeah. Mm. See, my thought is that they aren't because they were doing the whole like prayer and everything without any issues. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. That's fair. And that's my fair. my thing with the phones is I don't think that it's always um it's always the demon on the phone. I think that even when Kat hears it, I think that the initial phone call might even be someone calling to tell her that her parents are dead. Or something similar, and instead, um, the demon kind of co-ops the phone and co like tells his own message, That's which he didn't doesn't do with the bleh, with the, the sisters. sisters. Yeah, the sisters oh, okay. get the actual message that they should be getting. Maybe actually, but also, speaking of, oh yeah, go ahead. The demon did say, "Kill the c words." Yeah, multiple. Mm -hmm. So. I don't think the sisters were in on it. Yeah. Because I don't think the demon would be like, kill my worshippers too. Either that or they were bad worshippers and he was, um, you know, sick of it. I think the I prayer mean, is none, the strongest so. one. The prayer is definitely the strongest yeah. argument against because here's, yeah. oh, here's something that I kind of uh, wish had played into it more, but I, I understand like why it didn't was um, Kat always be telling Rose that she smells good, and that never really means anything. Yeah, I wish I wish something had come of that. She's I wish saying it to be times. creepy. I don't but know also, about that. Smell good. Did she say that before or after she said that she had her chance? Was it both? I think both. it was both. Yeah, she said it twice. I think mm -hmm. she was trying to be nice in a creepy way to, like, give Rose a bit more of a chance, and then Rose was like, nah. I gotta be honest, if Rose had been pregnant, the line would have made more sense. You yeah. Know? Well, 
during that um what the breakfast scene when cat can't pray she is staring very pointedly toward rose's stomach so if uh, if satan demon is really involved there it could be that she like actually was pregnant but then cat destroyed the pregnancy just to be evil i don't know uh this that, uh, that's the, a stretch. I, I think that's starting to read into everything more than... is start. Everything that we've started talking about, like Pat, when we talk about like whether or not well, not the sisters are into it, are things that like I I love the idea that this could have been more complicated and that there could have been more like part moving parts to it. Um, but there's given, a cut of this movie with a third timeline. Somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> but given directorial intent, it's pretty clear, like based on what what we've read that it was supposed to be a pretty simple story about loneliness and any added devil worshipers or anything like that probably would have taken away from that message. I do think that it's intended to be read though. I I think this movie was very intentionally made to get read into because there's a lot of reading to be done. I mean, they don't explicitly say a lot. Yeah. Yeah. You're supposed to get it from subtext. Um, Let's talk about one thing that's a sure thing, though. And what's that? Um, speaking of prayer, um, Kat had a few moments. Probably the biggest one was um, when Rose went down to the basement and mm-hmm. saw her praying in the boiler that was room. So mm-hmm. cool. And just like her fucking movements there. Yeah. That was so cool. I don't cool. know what they did with shot. like the camera or whatever. Like if they just like fast forwarded a little bit to like make it look creepy and unnatural or but it was really fucking creepy. I think yeah, um, Shipka just does that. I don't know. And the same I don't thing believe with that. <laughs> um later on, like when Emma Roberts is playing Kat and she realizes that like it's Rose's parents, she goes to the bathroom and she has this like really que- creepy like hand like and head twitch when that, she laughs about it yeah that like kind of evokes that same movement style mm, yeah mm-hmm. it's just really unnerving i was thinking mm-hmm. actually when um when kieran chipka cat is stabbing the one sister over and over yeah. i think the like particular way the like intent that she moves her arm with it seems almost like robotic. it's meant to mimic the bowing pattern a little bit mm-hmm you know, because it's it kind of seems for a while like every stab she's just like putting it in, taking it out, and like deciding if she needs to stab her again almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the bowing almost kind of looked the same way to me. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah, which good scene. I good don't scene. think that it's too much of a stretch to draw that kind of a parallel because Osgood mm-hmm. himself said that he likes to draw a lot of parallels. He likes to draw a lot of. Uh, repeated um it's the word the prog bands use um motifs mm. over the course of a work he has will. this really cool actually i can pull it up here he had this really cool thing that he said where uh somebody asked about how there's a lot of scenes that like the the movie like leads up to and then cuts away from and then it like pivots back to them later oh yeah um and he says I am one of those people who feel like movies are closer to music and closer to poetry than they are to TV shows, for instance. A lot of people have been saying that movies and television are the same, and they are not at all. Movies and episodic television couldn't be more different because a movie can be a poem. 
So I tend to utilize repetitions and refrains while reprising visuals or sounds or feelings or even scenes. It feels more like a song to me than it does a story. All of those instances in which the story doubles back on itself were in the script. We didn't make anything up in the editing room. We didn't improvise anything on set. Everything you see on screen was written, and this is really funny. I tend to write what everything looks like and smells like. <laughs> so there isn't him. much guessing that needs to be done by the time it gets to the editing room. Interesting. I love that. That's very cool. That last part's a little bit odd, granted. I However, don't like, I like the smells line. No, I the like rest of the it's idea good. that he's approaching it the way that you would approach a, a poem or a piece of music, though. Like that's mm-hmm. that's such that's a how neat you concept. write a story with meaning. You have to have some sort of connection. It can't just go bang, bang, bang to the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you well, pick you a couple of meaningful things, things that you just mm-hmm. keep coming back to. Like I was friends with this one guy in high school who we were both writers, and I'm a much more stream of consciousness writer but i do have like an outline because i do believe that things need to have a structure to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. but he said that you need to think out everything you need to know each character's birthdays ages favorite foods all of that before you even put anything mm-hmm. down on paper yikes wow. and <laughs> that's what the third the, draft is for the fact that pe- there are people out there who write like that and like write every single detail down uh scares me those kind of people scare me they have an ability that is inhuman and it impresses and scares me i can't wait Mm -hmm. to talk about this whenever we eventually watch hush that guy because that albert einstein (laughs) (laughs) um speaking of albert einstein um because he's an old man and so is the man who ran the school can we appreciate how tone deaf he is in general like without knowing that Kat's family had just died without that knowledge at all. There is still some, like there's still two people in his office who are incredibly uncomfortable and their parents forgot them. Yeah. Either forgot or were misinformed or what? Yeah. And this man looks them dead in the eyes. is like, after all, you can't live here. (laughs) And man, that was, (laughs) One of the more uncomfortable points of the movie that was not like a fear uncomfortable. This yeah, one was just, just as like awkward <clears throat> as that situation would be in real life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I who and it just there were there was another point earlier on in that conversation where I'm just like this man uh, does not have a single clue what to do about these girls having a terrible home life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they casually mention, both of them casually mention a couple things that are like, well, that's not that great. Um, Because, I, I don't know, I kind of got the vibe that Kat's parents were not exactly the greatest parents. Um, that's what you get, sort of. And mm-hmm. I know some of that is... Because mm-hmm, well, some of it might be just the misread from thinking that her parents actually have forgotten her because there is for me there's an ambiguous point in the story where you don't know if rose's parents are dead or if cat's parents are dead yeah when she just says they died Hmm. yeah and there's this moment where i thought oh is that rose's parents and then cat's parents just left her here Mm -hmm. i kind of thought that might have happened you know yeah i had that moment as well and but I fully was, believed that Kat's parents were capable of just leaving her there. She seems like a 
quiet girl who just kind of takes anything that gets like handed out to her. Yeah. Yeah. She seems like she's in a bad situation. Before we know. Well, anything. I think she may be in a bad situation in the school. Um but that's kind of hard to read into. But um she obviously she like have cares friends. about her parents a lot and mm-hmm. has been looking forward to seeing them again cuz she has that heart written around them on the calendar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. I don't know that there's enough information to say for sure that she has a bad home life or anything. Um and neutral at best, I would say. Yeah, I don't know. But she she's a creepy little girl. Mm-hmm. And she seemed to be a little bit weird. Yeah, I, I spent a lot of the first half of the movie when it's older cat with Emma Roberts. Unsure if those parents were going to be Rose's parents or if they were going to be cats. Me parents. too. Me too. Um, we thought the flowers were like, oh, her parents were supposed to be there for the recital and those flowers are for her. Yeah. And then the parents made a point of being like, yeah, we're in a little bit of a rush to get there, but not really. I'm like, yeah, Kat's parents suck. What the hell? (laughs) And then it was Rose's parents. You didn't think Kat's own parents would recognize her? Well, I didn't think it was her, Jeff. We didn't know that it was her at that point. We thought it was a third character. That was Joan. We thought she it was just all been one time before you figured out the time. Okay, okay. Yeah, I got yeah, yeah, yeah. Speaking of the okay. time skip, here's yeah. something that Noah and I had a disagreement on that I want your guys' opinions. Oh, I don't remember this. Would or would not a Catholic school shut down all the way oh, yeah. after three murders and a supposed demon possession? It's because here's let me let me put my reasoning forward first. They would not talk about the demon possession. That would not leave the school Certainly grounds. Not. Um, and I gotta be honest. I don't think three murders would be enough to shut down a Catholic school. Based on only it's, the fact that it's Catholic is the biggest thing, right? Because like exactly. based on everything that everybody knows about the Catholic Church and what they are doing to children constantly, I mm-hmm. feel like they would probably just do their best to cover it up. I think that the demon possession would 100% get covered up, but even like even a regular college wouldn't get shut down over a murder. And I feel like if this was like a private like Christian school instead of a Catholic school, different story, I'm I might I would 100 percent be like, no, yeah, they got shut down. But because it's a Catholic school, you got even if it's only a little bit, you got some of that Vatican money coming in. Yeah, it's because Catholic schools are funded differently. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Um, I think it would like it wouldn't fully shut down, but it would be. Like, it's not like those girls are coming back a week later. No. Um, it might I shut down for a whole be, year, even. Like, shut down for, like, maybe a year. Um, and they do their Catholic, like, blessing the ground sort of deal. Mm-hmm. And yeah, all yeah that re-sanctify to, the land. Make yeah. it um, okay for anyone who's superstitious to come back. Yeah. yeah. My, my opinion. And then they'd be like, re-grand opening, this time no demons. What um, demons? <laughs> None at all. Just like last no, time. No, there were no. We're just we're just reclarifying that there are no demons here. <laughs> Emphasizing <Still>. None. Just <laughs> for your peace of mind. Nina, on the other hand, was 100 percent convinced it would shut down. Please present your okay, case. Okay, my case is the <laughs> these are not just three murders. These are three incredibly brutal murders where people's heads were chopped off and taken down to the basement. True. Uh, 
So there is that. I think that being said, the demon possession would be hard to keep under wraps because the parents, specifically in this situation, the parents are not, Linda is not quiet about the fact that her her kid's head was taken off. She's no. like, yeah. Uh, I wonder why they she tell doesn't you- mention the possession. Um, I wonder why Linda yeah. doesn't I don't, that. I, I wonder if she didn't know. I That's the other thing. I really don't think they told anyone. Yeah. Like, because let's yeah. be real. Cat was locked up, uh, tied to a bench, and exercised right away. And they True. sent her to a mental hospital afterward. But here's the thing. Do you think that Linda is the type of person who would lead a campaign to shut down the school? That I do believe. Yeah. Linda is not... I, that was what I was Linda just is, starting to think, is that there might have been like a, like a lawsuit or something. I am now yeah. on the other side. Linda specifically tips this for me. I think I, base, I it, there um, might have been a lawsuit where she's like, why were these two left alone the whole yeah, weekend? Why didn't anyone look into her history? Her yeah. parents died they, and no one took care of her. Mm-hmm. All sorts of things. They weren't really left alone, though, because the sisters were there. They weren't, but it was definitely that there was definitely no plan for what if something happens. Yeah. Well, and the, yeah. the sisters were not told to take care of Kat. Rose was. No, yeah, that's the weird thing. The sisters were not told to take care of him at all. Yeah. It was just like, Rose, you'll look out for her, right? And she's like, no. Yeah, and then, <laughs> and then Mr. Gordon just leaves, which yeah. is obviously wrong of him to do in that situation. On that note, yeah, why did he come Albany. back? He came back with the cops, so because they were showing up then to tell Kat that tell her parents her were dead. That her parents were dead. Okay, that's the reason the cop was there in the first place as well. That's why the no. That's why him. the door was locked. The door was locked because they wanted Rose out of there because they had just gotten awful news to tell Kat, uh, and they wanted okay. to make sure that they did not get interrupted. So Rose went outside to shovel for a very long time. Okay, mm, that makes that sense. makes sense. I buy that. I buy that. Yeah. Um, glad we figured that out this the time jumps in this movie make it very hard to remember why people are doing what they're doing um let's talk about bill and linda real quick i absolutely Mm -hmm. love how clear it is that they are both just completely unraveling just in different ways i don't even think they're living together right now i think that this is a thing that they do every year because they do not seem very happy with each other certainly not no so I mean, after like a child's death, a lot of marriages fall apart. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it's just go well very difficult. Um, I had not considered at the same that time, they would be not living together, but that adds up perfectly. Yeah. I, I'm glad that because Bill, when you first see him, comes off as like a very nice person, but you're not sure if it's like overly nice because he's creepy about it to do stuff so much to like a lines. young girl. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. Nice, or it definitely seemed like he was making a move nice. every now and then. Did and I'm glad like that. that it was more like he's actually being nice and trying to be helpful. Yeah. Um, but then the more you learn about him, it's like, oh, he is ultimately doing this because he is not okay. Yeah, he's I, definitely not okay. But also, maybe he just was struggling because he knew, like, this is obviously a difficult time for him and Linda and. Maybe having somebody else there will make it not as difficult between the two of them. Mm. Um, Which ironically is what is making Linda more angry. Yeah. yeah. Linda clearly does not appreciate him 
for the last several years, it would seem. Apparently. Um, picking up some random girl who's just like, oh, this doesn't she just remind you of Rose? No, Bill, she doesn't remind me of Rose. Hey, do you know what you <laughs> remind him of? Our beheaded daughter. Um. So one thing I want to say is the, the music in this movie when Bill and Cat uh, are talking is very creepy and on a first watch we give you the vibe that bill is something to be mm -hmm. aware of yeah but when, on a rewatch uh, she just seems kind of innocent and mm -hmm. stuck and stuck but on a yeah. rewatch what you realize is that she is the one who the music swell is for she's the one who the emotions are slowly building over the conversation and she's slowly realizing what's happening and yeah. he's the one in danger. And I really like that that can be on a rewatch. You can kind of pay attention to that. This movie has I, so much rewatch value. It is unbelievable. That's one of the things that I realized as I was watching this. I was like, I bet this is the kind of movie that would be like really good on a rewatch. Absolutely it is. Yes. But I am curious to hear what your guys' thoughts on the soundtrack were because... It was done by um, the director's brother. Elvis Perkins, um, yeah. Yeah, and it was his first time writing a film score, and it was apparently very stressful for him. He says he had a very rough time with it, yeah. he the What his exact phrasing is that it almost killed him. He found yeah. it extremely confining. But then, here's the thing, he came back a year later to write the score to I Am the Pretty Thing That Lives in the House, so clearly it wasn't that bad. <laughs> I think he also did the score for Gretel and Hansel as well, so clearly he figured it out. <laughs> yeah, um, so he doesn't seem to mind working with his brother, so that must not have been the issue. <laughs> right. Apparently they just really click creatively, because according to Oz Perkins, there was just about no communication between the two of them about putting this movie's score together. Like... I guess he was working on the movie and then every now and then his brother would just send him a song and be like, hey, this is good, right? And he'd be like, well, yeah, that's perfect. More like that. And that's how the whole thing got put together. That's cool. Yeah. I, I love the soundtrack of this movie. I do think it comes across a little bit overbearing in some parts, I think. Like, it does have a little bit of the criticism that I've given to other movies where it's like, you know, telling you that you're supposed to be scared right now. But I... I am a hypocrite and I like the way that it does it in this mm -hmm. case. So I yeah. have this one note that says the big woo on the soundtrack is very good. I'm trying to remember what sound it was because it was not a woo, but it was some sort of high. It's probably like, like a kind of like a theremin kind of like. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like like a, like, it's very yeah. much. Yeah. A, yeah. 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 Um, but yeah, that it um, that hit right before. um we hear that the sisters were devil worshippers, allegedly, mm, yeah. which I 100% thought that she was about to be like, you know, the sisters are gay, right? Uh, <laughs> yeah. When they said a, when that. they said a wig, I was like, what? You know, they're wigs, right? I was like, wait a minute. You can't be are like we I, in England. <laughs> my, my immediately. Th this is going to be so embarrassing. My immediate thought jump was when a lesbian and a gay man are living together. It's called a beard. Mm -hmm. Right. Um. And in my head, I was like, if they're two women living together, they can't be a, in parentheses, beard, because I got beard and wig mixed up. Because they're clearly, then that would make them clearly gay anywhere. Are they two straight women living like they look like a gay relationship? Is that what a wig is? I was so deep down that rabbit hole before I realized she was just talking about their hair being gone. 
<laughs> and I, I mean, credit where credit's due. I did look at their eyebrows and hair when we next saw oh, them. Oh yeah, like oh, after yeah. that scene, the next time they were in a scene, I was looking real close at their eyebrows. I was like, and those are real. Rose is bullshit. Rose is full <laughs> of crap. That was actually one of my favorite scenes at the end of the movie where we were getting our recap of every time the demon did stuff. Yeah. Because it's like, you know what? Now suddenly the really weird off the wall story that Rose told to just kind of scare Cat was the original vibe. Mm -hmm. uh, now that really weird off the wall story makes more sense because it's like, hey, you know, uh, demon worshiping is kind of cool. Even the sisters do it. <laughs> Everybody's doing it. Hey, kid, you want to worship Satan? Did you know that demon worshiping is an option? I am informing you. Here's a pamphlet on how to get started. <laughs> See, what I love about basement. that scene especially is that like, it's so obviously just the, the kind of story that a kid tells a younger kid to try and freak them out, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And the way that when she says it, Kat is just like, really? Are you serious? Mm -hmm. And she's like entirely bought into it. Mm -hmm. In a way that you would expect a kid of her age maybe might have some questions at least. Mm -hmm. But no, she doesn't question it at all because she's worshipping Satan. So she's like, it's not just me. <laughs> <laughs> I've got competition. <laughs> I gotta kill and then them. the sisters made it pretty clear to her later that they were, in fact, not. And she's like, bunch of poosers. Well, that's pretty lame. I poosers. hate Catholics. Now it's time to poosers. kill them. <laughs> um, any of you guys notice the, the trinity of dads in this movie? No. I guess not. Okay, so. As in, like, Rose's dad, Gregory or whatever his name is, and Father Albany? Who's Gregory? I don't know the the Greg headmaster. The... No. Oh. No. No. Were no. you are you talking about Satan, Father Albany, and Bill? Exactly. Thank you. Okay. Good. <laughs> A priest who is the proxy for God, the Heavenly Father, Bill, the mm -hmm. Earthly Father. Who dresses pretty frequently like a priest? He's always wearing a black coat with like a white T-shirt underneath. So you got that. I thought he, I thing. thought that he was Father Albany when he first because appeared. Because that's like as a reflection of the fact that man is made in the image of God. And mm. then we have the infernal father, Satan. Okay. Who's also in black? Yeah. I think that's but a, in a big all the dads coat. wear black. A black. That coat. being that's a good point because the idea that when Cat really clearly needs the like father albany who she has a huge connection with right. to stay behind with her when she feels like she needs him most he, he decides he leaves yeah and i feel like a lot of religious people have been in a moment where they needed like that comfort and it's gone and so they turn to unhealthy coping mechanisms uh like saying like, yeah. like saying killing their roommate we've all been there and that we've all um, been there we've all killed roommates and that even mm -hmm. a well-meaning like human dad can't scratch the need that uh that yeah. like that the initial like love of the quote unquote heavenly father could have served if he had just stuck around when yeah. they needed him. And what I especially like is the contrast between Father Albany. I can't believe we're all calling him Father Albany, by the way. <laughs> the contrast between the way that Father Albany talks to her and the way that Satan talks to her. Because every t when she talks to Satan on the phone, he's like, you can stay here, you can stay with me. And he's like super welcoming and accepting. And the next time that we see Father Albany after that, he's looking her in the eye and saying, you are not welcome here and you have to leave. And I know he's talking to Satan at that time, but like. But he's looking at her and mm -hmm. he's saying mm -hmm. it to her. 
I just thought that was really neat. It, it is. was really good. I love that part. Um. Oh. 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 Another neat oh. thing. Mm-hmm. After. Yeah. Killing the sisters and after killing Rose, there is always a shot of Cat standing in front of a light, and she's shown like almost as like a silhouette in imitation of the way that we see Satan in this movie. Mm-hmm. But we don't get that shot when she kills Bill and Linda. Ooh. By contrast there, she's under a streetlight that's kind of shining on her face, and it's all dark around her. Mm-hmm. Where it's very clearly her. Yeah, like to, to visually cue us into the fact that it's not going to work. Satan mm-hmm. was like not that. present in that murder. I thought that was cool. Mm. I didn't catch that the nice. first time watching it. I caught it this time. That is cool. So did uh, did either of you make uh, the first time you watched it? So Jeff, throwback for you, right? Uh, but a um, did you try and pick up on any foreshadowing prediction action about how Rose was clearly going to die? Because Nina and I had this theory at dead center of the movie when we realized that we were in a time jump and uh, Bill had a like Rose's like yearbook photo, right? That he was constantly worried about her, um, like about aged up cat being cold. Yeah. And how he wanted to make sure she didn't like be too cold. He was like, here, take this coat. He talks yeah. about my wife won't mind. And then Linda talks about how the kid that she finally saw a little bit of Rose oh. in was cold and you could tell that she was cold because her hands and her knees like were red with cold. We both thought at that moment that Rose was going to freeze to death. Yeah. Oh, that would have been such good foreshadowing. Oh my gosh. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wasn't sure how it was going to happen, but um, yeah. That's neat. No, I did not pick up on that. Now, in hindsight, what I think is that it's February in this in the present, and it's February when they pick Cat up for the anniversary. Mm-hmm. Um, I wonder if it's just that the missing of Rose and the looking for her and other people comes up when it's cold out around February. Right. So that's that. Even that's when Linda finally like caught a glimpse of her daughter was in another time where it was cold, and that's when her daughter died. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was just in February. So that's that's another. Still, still like consistent and kind of neat thing, but not as not yeah. as cool as that. That might harken that. back more to back when the movie was called February, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where it's like that might have made a little bit more of a connection rather than where we're just like they seem a little obsessed with this cold thing. But yeah. no, I liked that. I thought that was a a neat little think about it through line. Yeah. Yep. Now that I'm thinking about that, that actually pulls up another neat little parallel between Bill and Satan. Um, things that I didn't expect to say today. Uh, <laughs> cat worships Satan in a boiler room mm-hmm. right in front of the furnace. It's hot yep. in there. Yep. And Bill is always concerned about keeping her warm. So the movie kind of like mm-hmm. equates warmth with uh, warmth caring. You know, literal, yeah, yeah, mm. that's neat. I do like that. That's neat. That's cool. I don't know how that's that connects nice to touch. Father Albany to finish my uh, my Trinity theory, but well, Albany's cold as hell. Albany so. is cold as hell, <laughs> cold, <laughs> which is quite ice. warm. We have learned from the demon in the furnace. <laughs> well, maybe that's why he likes being in the furnace because it's cold in hell, and he just wants to be warm. Could be. Man, I 
<laughs> I obviously I didn't want her to go back to devil worshiping at the end of the movie, but it was I was so sad for her when she showed up and that furnace was just dead and cold. Right. Yeah. Right. Oh. I I love the way that they play that because like, did you catch that from the moment that she realizes who Bill is? Every chance mm -hmm. that she gets, she's like trying to clean herself up and trying to look better. Because like when she runs mm -hmm. to the bathroom and laughs about it, once she's done laughing, she's looking at herself in the mirror and she's like, you know, messing with her hair and stuff. Mm -hmm. After she kills Bill and Linda, she's got their blood all, blood all over herself and she like spends a really long time just trying to clean it all off of her face after uh, putting their heads puts, into like, the She even puts like blush on or something. I did really like how she used like the blender to help the blood just hide in the blush. Yeah. But uh... But yeah, she and was she was she dressing up for the room and like, the demon. By, you know, as a contrast, the whole thing is just all broken down and all dumpy. Mm -hmm. It's not dark and lit by firelight anymore. There's like an open window letting the sun in. Yeah, she's just trying to get her friend back. I was so sad, thing. too, when they kicked him out. Kill like six people. And, and you still just end the just movie feeling really bad Satan for her. To inhabit her body and then it doesn't work and we're like, aww. I think it's because it's, uh, even if you need a moment to like really understand how it is an allegory, it's pretty clearly an allegory for grief and loneliness. Mm -hmm. You can yeah. feel like what she's trying to suppress. Yeah. Well, and just yeah. all the, the hopelessness of mm -hmm. the of the whole scene it's just like well she's really got nothing to do from here now like that's it mm -hmm. on that happy note is everyone ready to read noah's notes for this episode oh geez i had actually forgotten about that <laughs> yeah hey uh jeff could you play the theme song for us so i was thinking what if we go a little bit of a different angle this time Okay. What if we go maybe a little bit more avant-garde? And some people are going to say this is too avant-garde. What if we go for Not a John me. Cage vibe and the intro music goes like... <laughs> this is so fucking avant-garde. Right? <laughs> I love it. I think it might be a little it. bit too much. Maybe, uh, no, maybe it needs perfect. to be a little more pedestrian. People aren't going to get it. It sets the it, tone. But... It sets perfect the tone perfectly. So I will, I will roll right <laughs> off that and, and get right into it. Um, uh, I think my first favorite one, it's not even at the top of the list, but it's just a subtitle that popped up while we were watching that just says urinating. Yeah, that was really good. <laughs> yeah. That one stood out to uh, me as well. Uh, a classic. As we mentioned earlier, a lot of bathroom content in this movie. A lot of bathroom content. It, it just reminds me of that um, that one still that you see from Orange is the New Black urinates forcefully. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's the same energy. Uh, we have, um, starting at the top, uh, we got plenty of Albany jokes. That's not important. Um, Albany. We've got, <laughs> after all, you can't live here. <laughs> Yikes, dude. Read the room. <laughs> Um, very big mood. Um, who's this new blonde? <laughs> Which is a mood. I I, I think th that was when Joan first hit. Yes. Uh. Um, literally can't tell if there's supposed to be wind in this movie or not. Which seems out of nowhere. Would, do you remember writing that? You make a face like you don't. 
I've no memory of why I wrote that at all. Okay. Oh, oh no, because it was outside right as Rose and her boyfriend pulled up. And I couldn't tell if there was like, cause it was like, I think there was like some like radiator noises going on, like where you could hear like the whispering, but kind of like wind, but then there was wind outside and there was just like a whole lot going on. You know, then he I'm was like, playing is there music wind in, in his scene? car when he pulled up, right? Well, that's that was the other problem too, was. is there was music playing and it was hard to tell. Uh-huh. But yeah. Uh, okay. We have, holy shit, is there actual devil worship? <laughs> She does that's, say that's Hail when the Satan. bowing was happening. She does say Hail Satan. So she does, she does say, say Hail Satan. Um, that's my case for it being Satan, by the way. Oh, I fully thought that Bill had killed Linda when he approached Joan in the hotel room because oh. I thought Bill was the bad guy. Oh, I, I was so convinced Bill was the bad guy. We have a lot of wrong guesses as to what's going on here. Yep. Okay. Um, uh, we've got we've got some good ones. Let's see. Um, hey, it's Father Albany. Okay, never mind. I don't think it is Father Albany. <laughs> <laughs> That's when Bill first appeared. Um, we have. He was walking there. Oh wait, no. I need to stop Nina here. The motel towels, because of their color, I thought they were loofahs. And there like is nothing loofahs. that terrifies me more than the thought of a motel loofah. <laughs> no, that's fair. That's um, a pretty disgusting prospect, sure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, we have, I feel like Bill is being set up as Kat's dad, but he just won't be correct. He wasn't. Um, but he also wasn't he being was set up. He was doing his way. best. <laughs> uh, we have, um, uh, so Joan stole an identity, got it, and now she's thinking of stealing roses. Also incorrect. Um, I, I assumed when she saw the photo that um i don't know why i was thinking this but uh since we saw that she'd stolen an identity i'm like oh she'd be about your age now she was just looking for an identity to steal and keep going that was me dipping out of horror movie mode i guess for a minute and being like aha crime thriller mystery <laughs> she's stealing identities um that's, we uh, have pretty wrong yeah <laughs> another one that's wrong but it it would have been nice Halfway prediction, Rose froze to death in, a, in the school because her parents couldn't make it there. She froze to death because Kat sabotaged the furnace in her weird ritual or whatever's happening. Oh. So. That, that, was, yeah, that cool. was the theory. Could have been cool. Entirely incorrect. <laughs> oh, completely, yeah. But there could have been like some extra, uh, extra um, parallels to The Shining, which the movie mm -hmm. does already have a few of. So that, that could have been neat. Yeah. The sisters, open your eyes, sheeple. Well, I mean, you... they're both dressed exactly the way that Shelley Duvall is always dressed in The Shining. Frumpy and warm. As well. So, you know, it's like the exact kind of like goofy suspender thing. Um, there's not anything else uh, that really is a, um, a guess, but there is the moment that it comes all together, written in all caps, where he says, she is aged up, cat." Because that's the cop that shot her. I made the connection. That's uh, how late you made the connection? <laughs> wow. When the cop first appeared, yes. Oh. I made it when she saw the picture of Rose. <laughs> I still that wasn't was sure we were working multiple timelines well. at that moment. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, <laughs> no. I knew that we were working multiple timelines at that moment, but I wasn't sure how things were playing out still. Gotcha. I just knew that she was not Rose. Um, yeah, that's good. 
We have a couple other other ones that I want to bring up really quick. We have how far along is Rose? I'm actually kind of curious. Well, I'm happy to answer that for you, Noah. It had been she was four days late on her period. So that's how far. And she was so convinced she could already see a little bump. She I'm okay. I'm not going to make fun of her having been through it. That that is how it be. It do be like that. Oh, my God. It it, it it do do be like that. Yeah. And it is not a fun time. Zero out of ten would not recommend to anybody. Uh, have nope. safe sex, people. Wear condoms, please. Thanks. Or, uh, okay. Don't have sex at all. It's a don't sin. Have sex. It is a yeah, sin. Yeah, you fucking sinners. You're right. I'm so Gross. sorry. Um, we have some other good ones, though. Knife drawer? More like Chekhov's knife drawer. That's the only reference that I know, and I will use it Tell liberally. You what, when Rose opens up that drawer, she has to like wade through a sea of knives to get the spoon there's that no, she it's, ends up it's, pulling yeah. out. Yeah, there's Why is so there many a spoon knives? in the knife drawer? Right? Yeah. Why isn't it in the spoon drawer? Um, Let's see. Oh, it was the light switch to the hallway also made me uh, jump, apparently. No, that, yeah, that is what made me jump. Um, be- I no, was there a was a door opening thing in here where you did make a note about door opening is very good. Uh, so maybe you jumped twice. I don't think I jumped at the door. It must have oh, been Oh, here light. it is. That door closing is very good. Noah Deeds. <laughs> it was very good. Um, yeah, I think that's, uh, I think that's most of it. Okay. Um, we got a lot of, of yelling at, about the demon's design, um, which progresses from bunny ear ass looking bitch to no it was just bunny ear demon oh bunny ear looking ass bitch oh, i, I am reading I directly off of the paper wow. oh i didn't see that <laughs> then we have um with spaces between each letter bunny ear demon uh and then a little further down we have donnie darko has demon <laughs> okay so- hold on now i've got some problems with you talking about him like he's a rabbit and making the donnie darko comparison like this when he literally looks like the silhouette of like one of those guys from a behemoth video and i know you love oh, behemoth, do. sir. <laughs> you guys and your metal references Noah's about to look this up for me. Is this going to be like when you made me watch Flervin Gervin or whatever it was? do yourselves a favor. Watch the video for Behemoth's song. Uh, what, what song is it, Noah? Um, is it Blow Your Trumpets? Honest, Blow Your Trumpets would probably give you a good example. Any Behemoth video yeah. will get you this, dude. <laughs> oh, yeah. He kind of do be looking like that. Exactly. Okay, I see what you mean. Yeah, the, the, the Satan in this movie is just the silhouette of one of those guys. Okay. More like a snail than anything. Thank you for not actually making me watch any of this because I can already tell you. I've- We're recording right now and I've already yeah. know that you wouldn't like the song. <laughs> I don't remember what it was that he actually made me listen Glover to. Funnel. Uh, yeah, poor oh, like, oh so you'll hate close. this. Glurvin Furbin was actually very close. Glurvin Furbin. <laughs> uh, I couldn't let you miss out on the curator. <laughs> He's got I mean, a clock on his head. Because a of clock. that, I, I, this is completely <laughs> Listeners, unrelated. I'll talk about that later. Favor. Go watch the video for Glummer Funnel by Portal and look at the clock man. Don't listen. Don't turn on the volume, though, because it will. No, put, you do need to turn on the it volume. It's an, it. it's an experience that I have. It will overload and forcefully shut down your brain like when you have too many programs on on your computer. Or like when this you capacity, turn on an 100%. old-timey TV to like no channel. <laughs> that's yeah. about what it sounds like anyway back to the movie let's wrap this one up yeah i think we're just about done here uh final thoughts anybody really liked it really, um, really glad liked it. that it 
Not that it would have been a series, but I'm glad when standalone movies like this have a resolved ending, because that's an issue I have with Apostle, right? That ending where it's just like, and now he's the guardian of the island. Unfortunately, does feel like sequel, sequel material. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just And I don't like that. Whereas this one ended with, and she's miserable. Roll credits. A good, happy ending to and, a horror movie. Well, you know, yeah. that's, that was a good ending to this movie, and it did not leave me wanting more in the slightest. It left me exactly, mm-hmm. exactly satisfied with the movie. Yeah. Didn't give me too much, didn't give me too little. It puts you where you ought green. to be at the end of the movie. Yeah. And realizing that makes me think, how long has it been since I've actually watched a movie where I've left and been like, yeah, that's a fully satisfying movie. Probably Fantasy Island. Seriously? What, like Killer no. Clowns just didn't even happen? <laughs> I, I actually, I've been watching so many freaking franchise movies and movies by Blumhouse that feel like they want to be a, like even The Invisible Man, which did have a very satisfying ending for me. It's like, oh. It the, is sequel baity though. It does because it's The Invisible Man. It's a universal monster bait, even though it is the most successful and most standalone of their attempts at starting a universal monster world. Um, Still. I, I still think that's going to happen and that they're just not going to technically be connected. It'll be one of like those like they're in the same universe, but they're not actually going to appear in each other's movies. I genuinely He's going to be in Kong versus Godzilla. Yes. It's him. The giant invisible man. And <laughs> everyone will be like, over to nothing. where? And it's <laughs> 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 that was good okay um but yeah no I, I i agree this movie had a very like it despite being out of order in its chronological like sense it it really feels very wrapped up and satisfying by the end not a single like question is left unanswered for the most part yeah. you get the purpose of each character and what their motivations are and what happened to them I really liked it a lot. Yeah, it comes yeah. together really well. Um, I forgot to mention, I just think Linda's monologue where she's talking to Kat in the car mm. is just really, really good. Uh, I like it's that very a lot. raw and uncomfortable to experience. Yeah. it Again, it's another one of those moments that feels an awful lot like what you would think it would feel like in real life. And that is just mm-hmm. awesome. Um, made even more uncomfortable by the fact that you know like in in hindsight that cat doesn't want to be thought of anything like rose so linda's making lecturing her on something she already does not want to be associated with yeah Yeah. and just the fact that linda doesn't realize yet that she's talking to her daughter's murderer who is later also going to kill her as well like that's just just every time that they, of chill man just thinking back to all the times that he talked about his dead daughter to her uh-huh. it was so it was so bad because i'm like oh no oh no oh no oh no yeah that's another thing where the rewatch value comes in because then just from the beginning you're like oh dude you don't even know uh just incredible uh this is this movie is obviously the way that it is, not just because of uh, Oz Perkins and his, uh, you know, wh- however um, meticulous his writing is, but also just because everybody in on the project clearly was just all in on like uh, uh, on the, the vision for what the movie was supposed to be. Everybody was like fully bought in on it. And I think Kiernan Shipka's like physical acting and her like facial expressions and stuff is just very really good. really good which is crazy cuz she's great like job. she's like 15 or 16 
in this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just really good. A lot of great performances. Uh, yeah, I, I love this movie. All right. So that's, I think that's everything. Yeah. We're going to do our yeah. sign out. Do Sounds I, do good. I say my pick before or after the sign outs? After, after the sign after? out. Okay. That's what I that's thought. That's the one thing that we you do consistently, except for that one time when Nina picked Crimson yeah. Peak and she mentioned that like in the a beginning third of, the of the way movie. into the episode. I was so excited. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to talk about Crimson Peak next week. And Nina, I'll we're still talking again. about movie. Bop, bop. Yeah, whatever movie we were talking about at the time. As always, thanks for joining everybody. I'm Emma. You can find me on Twitter at MJ2017, or I run the podcast Twitter at Casual Horror Pod. Um, my head hurts a lot. Yikes, it's uh, super fair. Yeah, <laughs> mood. Um, I hope that you feel better. My name is Nina. You can find me on Twitch, Twitter, and Instagram at Nina Wolverina. Um, if you listened to last week's episode, you know why it's called that. Uh, and if you need to, uh, get more of my horror, 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 jeez, if you want more of my horror opinions, you can find me at House Usher Rises. I talk about my opinions on horror media there, and, uh, and sometimes I retweet some really cool horror art, so follow me there. Mm-hmm. Noah, you can find me as Bubba the Bad, B-U-B-B-A-D-A-B-A-D, Twitch, Twitter, and Insta. I... Twitter? Huh? Twitter? I said Twitter. Fine, don't find me there then. Jeez. Don't find him. Uh, and I'm Jeff. You can find me on Twitter at Bubba Wubba Dab. You can find me on Instagram at The Hammer of Jeff. And uh, by the time this comes out, maybe I will have made a TikTok. Who even knows? <gasps> is, is, oh my God. Is your I've sister been told getting that I should, to you? I guess. So I mean, so I also was yelling at him. Did the Ringo? Did the Ringo <laughs> TikTok change your mind? <laughs> well, you know, how, you know how I am about Ringo. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, thanks you guys so much for listening. Next week, Noah picked the movie. I'm really excited. So I had I had a few thoughts here, right? Yeah. I wasn't sure if I was going to try and combat Jeff's pick for best movie of the 2010s. Which I gotta be honest, even my next pick is not, even if I was gonna go in that direction, I don't think it actually sits higher than other movies that I think of as best of the 2010s. So that's the angle I decided to not go with. I decided instead to go in the angle of, yes, so we're going to watch (laughs) Harbinger? No, Um, but that one's actually a very sad movie uh, in the sense of it's the guys who worked on the Thing remake. And that is they sad. were mad that they didn't get to use their practical effects that they had worked up for the Thing remake. So in well, a prequel, I guess, technically. Oh. Um, so they made Harbinger, which is a movie with only practical effects. And unfortunately, it suffers heavily for it. Wait, so is it like discount the thing? Yeah, but Ooh. we're not watching that. Yikes. But that would be in my. No, it's not the worst, but it's it would be down there. It's not. However, good. what we're going to watch a movie that actually scared me a lot when I watched well, it. The scariest movie um, you've ever seen, would you say? The Legitimately? Oh. No memes. This might be the scariest movie I've ever seen. He says this might actually be the scariest movie I'm terrified. That he's ever seen. Now, now here's my here's here's the thing, right? Like If you say Hellraiser, I am just going to shit my pants. <laughs> <laughs> In fear. No, we don't talk about that, the Jeff. Scariest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> Wouldn't that be the absolute best lead up though? Like, no joke. <laughs> Scariest movie I ever seen. Hellraiser. Probably Black Sabbath. I've I've tossed a lot of names around that we're not looking at. This week, 
we are going to watch Hell House LLC. It is a found footage movie, and big caveat here, I don't usually like found footage movies. I think found footage movies suck ass a lot, but this one's really good, and I'm very, very much looking forward to making you all watch it. I've never seen um, the sequel or the threequel, but the first oh. one's very good. I'm legitimately very scared. I am pretty concerned. None of, none of the movies we've watched, honestly, have actually scared me. Right. Mm. This will probably be the one. It'll probably scare this me This one, well. I had to pause halfway through because the tension was high enough that I'm like, <laughs> I need to take a second, pause the movie, did some stuff, came back and finished the movie. Wow. Wow. I have only ever Crap. had to pause and walk away from two movies, I think. Sonic the Hedgehog. Sonic and, the Hedgehog and uh, Hellraiser. And Hellraiser, of course. No, it was. <laughs> I don't remember what the one was, but I know it definitely happened. the The one that I do remember is um, any of you ever watch Mother? It's um, uh, Darren. Uh, I've heard of it, but I've never watched it. I know yeah, the with entire an plot point. and the symbolism, and I have no desire to watch it ever. That's uh, that's fair because the. The, the symbolism and trying to decode what's being said in it is really all the fun that there is in watching it because it is uh, it is an absolutely punishing watch. Oh, man, it does not get better as you go along. It's uh, it's hard. It's that rough. That's what I've heard. A lot and of good you... performances in it, but not a fun well. watch. Anyway, mm -hmm. I have more things that I'd like to say in that regard about what I do and do not want to ever watch or enjoy watching. But let's do that when we're no longer recording. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, thank you, everybody, for watching our podcast. We'll see you next time. Ooh. Oh, no. I should have done the, the John Cage ghost howl. Ah. Oh.